Thank you for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, or as always, you can head on over to AmericaOutloud.com. Click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts updated daily. Uh, We always say it, but we do appreciate it when you guys do share on social media. We face the same social media censorship that so many of you face. So when you share the articles and podcasts on social media, it helps us all out a great deal. And we really do appreciate it. Hope you guys are all having a great night. We've certainly got a lot to talk about. We've got some important subjects. We've got on guest Greg Bolden, who's got his own show on America Out Loud. We're very excited to have him on. We've been in contact for quite some time about having him on, and we finally made it happen. So uh, we're definitely excited for the show tonight, see what uh, he has to say about some of the subjects that we will be covering. If you want to cover uh, catch up with his show, it's called Embolden with Greg Bolden over at America Out Loud, the same network that we're on. So uh, you guys definitely want to be sure to check that out. We're going to continue to talk about how when you go woke, it equals going broke. And so many of these instances, uh, we see Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light losing money. Uh, Their stock has just completely fallen since they uh, had Dylan Mulvaney on the cover of their beer can. Of course, that was a huge mistake. Uh, We're seeing that from other companies like Target. Uh, these woke ads, even Miller Lite did a woke ad several months ago that's cost them a lot of money. I mean, people are not into uh, this wokeness, Rob, and I believe that the consumer speaks with their dollars and they're not going to be purchasing things that these companies who are overly woke uh, are wanting them to purchase. So I think it's blowing up in their face. Before we get to Greg, how are you doing tonight, Rob? Andrew, I'm doing great. And I'm glad that we have Greg Bolden on tonight. And I like the name of his show, Embolden with Greg. I think you said it was uh, Embolden. We're emboldening ourselves. It's like a, a, it feels like power when I hear that. And we know in today's society, we don't have a lot of power coming from men because they're saying that men are toxic, toxic, toxic masculinity. So I like the name of his show, Embolden. It's so forceful and wow it's like out there in your face and there's nothing wrong with that andrew there's nothing wrong with that at all because we need all of the masculinity and testosterones that we could get in society because the folks on the left a bunch of beta males with barack obama i think barack obama might be the chief beta male and then uh what's his name what's the face the guy who's just lost in the White House, Joe Biden. I don't know about his son. His son seems to have a lot of testosterone because he went out and got a stripper, knocked a stripper up in Washington, D.C., and now he's trying to deny that it's his kid. (laughs) But hey, to each his own. But your opening, I think it's right on point with what we're going to talk about or some of the topics that we're going to talk about and speak with Greg on. Because Greg said he's been listening to some of our shows and at times he wished he could have just like dialed in and like, get some talking points of like, okay, guys, let me just, let me say this. So this is good that he's on, but I want to go back to these companies, these woke companies. You go woke, you go broke. I have no sympathy for Budweiser. If they hit rock bottom, my opinion, so what? So be it. 
This is what happens when you try to go against the natural order of society, when you try to go against your target market, when you try to poo-poo on your target market and say, oh, forget about you. We want to bring this up. What does Dylan Mulvaney have to do with Bud Light? What does he have to do with drinking beer? What does anyone with an identity politics have to do with anything? I know that Don Jr. came out and said, okay, it's enough. Let us let out because they've donated money to conservatives. Okay, I've donated money also. I don't care. What they did was repulsive, and there's a price to pay. And this is one of the things that the people on the right, conservatives, have got to get with the program. We sit there and we preach and we say, oh, no, don't boycott because you know you're hurting people's jobs. Meanwhile, you got the left boycotting left and right. You got companies that are so afraid of them that they will do anything to appease these people. So now it's time for us to do the same thing. And as I've said before on this show many times, they have won the culture war. You look around, you can doubt me. You can say, oh, I don't agree. But look around you. You have that rainbow flag everywhere. You walk into a school, you're hard pressed to find the American flag. Rainbow flag hasn't done anything but been divisive. But yet still we see it. I walked into Target the other day. All around you, there's just a section full of rainbow this, rainbow that. And I'm queer. I can be this and you can be that. And why can't we? What is the deal with identity politics? And then they're trying to get black people to buy into, oh, our struggle is your struggle. No, it isn't. I can't walk outside and not be black. You can walk outside and someone can tell that you're not gay. Well, that is, Andrew, if you're not flaming gay, but to each his own. But don't get the two confused. But you have these bougie blacks like Al Sharpton, who on any other day would be against this. But now that he sees I can make money, so let me jump on this bandwagon also. You got Barack Obama, who was against gay marriage. To each his own, like I said. And now he's trying to push this. They're trying to push it on the black community because they know, hey, if we get black people to accept this, everything will be okay. I reject it. I reject all of it. June is coming up. There's like a lump in my stomach because I don't want to see all this nonsense. It's identity politics. We don't celebrate identity. Identities don't get rights. People get rights. But yet and still, this is where we are. So now you have Adidas. They're coming out with a gay swimsuit, with the men with the bulge. As Dylan Mulvaney said, oh, we've just got to learn to accept the bulge. If you have a bulge, it's a penis. You're a man. Even if you cut it off, you're still a man. You're a beta man. You're a eunuch, but you're still a man. What don't you understand? Nike, they're doing the same thing. Tampons of all things, feminine hygiene products. Men can't use that. What are you folks doing? This is insane. And I was having a discussion the other day, or actually right before we came on air also, someone was going backwards and forward with me on one of these social media platforms about, well, what have the LGBT community ever done to you? And we just want our rights. I'm like, you guys have done nothing to me, for me, but you have caused a lot of divisiveness. And as far as rights, you get the rights as a human being, but as far as an identity, it makes no sense. And people have to clearly understand Because one day I might wake up and say, I'm a, what do you call those things, a furry? And I want rights. We've gone down a slippery slope because of the Democrats. They have won this particular war, and it's time for us to fight back. And we have to call it out, and we can't be afraid. And we have to speak bold. I like that. Bold. And bolden. Greg's show. Greg Bolden's show. So since I'm speaking about that, Greg, come on in. And why did you decide to name your show Put Bolden in it? I mean, I really like it. 
What is what is the genesis behind it? Well, first, uh, hello, Rob, and hello, Andrew. I'm so glad to be on with your show after dark here. It's a, a nice evening tonight for a conversation. Uh, so my last name is Bolden, and uh, I used to have a media company where I would call it Bold and Visual Media, playing off my last name. And right now, I believe that we need uh, opportunities to have bold and, and courageous conversations on all of the t- topics that we're facing in the world. I, I find that a lot of times we'll we'll kind of go off into our uh, talking points, whether it's left or right, and not really get down into the trenches of why these conversations truly matter or what the intricacies of the matter is between the two sides in order to have some type of understanding between each other. So I bring on a guest. I try the challenge a little bit, but also I allow people to speak what they want to speak without getting in the way. And so it, it allows people to get a bold take on things. Um, and process for themselves, the old journalism of we, we speak, and then we allow the listener or the reader of the article to make up an informed decision afterwards, which if you follow our media right now, uh, there's not a lot of allowing people to make up their own minds. It's a lot of uh, getting people incited against topics instead of allowing people to figure out, oh, where do I stand on this? Or it's completely manipulated. And when we get into the LGBTQ conversation that that you're starting here, there's a lot of manipulation. You know, I just was talking with a friend recently about how in cartoons, there was a maps flag as a shirt coloring, you know, minor attracted persons. Uh, People that are minor attracted persons should not be celebrated. It should not be on a young person's cartoon. They're people that if they act on it, belong in prison. Uh, I believe that the death penalty should be used for minor attracted persons. Should they ever uh, harm a young person? I think that that is one of the lowest of lows that a human being can do is harm a youth. And to me, that's a death penalty thing straight from the get go. Uh, So, yeah, I guess uh, the show's emboldened because I believe that we should have bold takes on things, but we should have informed bold takes and not be manipulated in the talking points. Uh, So that's kind of my start here and looking forward to the conversation. Well, what you just said as far as journalism, we, we don't have journalism today. I don't know what people are doing. I went to journalism school. And as I've told all of our listeners, what you're listening to, what you're watching coming from fake news, CNN, PMS, NBC, Washington Post, New York Times, it's not journalism. They're activists. They have an idea and they're trying to push it. And that idea is the progressive agenda of the Democrats. They've lost all type of being fair, accurate, and balanced. It's like gone out the window. We don't care. And when you look at a lot of these people, they're not even from journalism school. They have law degrees. They have business degrees. And now they're trying to try their hand at being a journalist because they have an agenda. And right now, the agenda that they have that they're pushing on all of us and they're pushing in schools is the gay agenda. Someone said to me, there is no gay agenda. Oh, yes, there is. And even members of the LGBTQ community are out saying, this is wrong. We don't like this and we don't want this. But their voices have been silenced by these so-called journalists. Do you, you know, find Rob, the same thing, Greg? Yeah, yeah. Rob, as a as a high school teacher, uh, I've been in education. I study journalism. I have my degree in television and film. Uh, I've worked in industry. Then now I teach the industry. And I've watched as there are more kids that identify as homosexual or trans over the really the last three to four years than at any other time in my teaching career. 
But the one thing that I have not seen in the public school system, and it's not that I haven't seen it, but it's not as widespread, is the gay pride flags and everything that people go, oh, this is indoctrinating all over our, our high schools. That has not been my experience. I will tell you that you will find teachers that that is their agenda. Uh, and I don't believe that that's right. Uh, and I'm the type of person to call that out and ask for courageous conversations with them. And I have, which does not always make me the most popular individual in my own school building. I'm a union rep, so I kind of can speak clearly uh, on those type of things and not have to worry about my job as well. So that's nice. But what I what I would come back to at this point is it seems that just as we made things trendy back in the 90s when I was in high school, that transsexual uh, or going with uh, just being homosexual seems to be a trendy thing for kids. And whatever happened during COVID and the lockdown with loneliness, uh, somehow kids got lost along the way and disconnected. And so they're searching for an identity right now. For a while, I had kids that told me that they didn't want to take their mask off. Now, I didn't wear a mask unless I absolutely had to for my employment, uh, but they wouldn't take the mask off, they said, because they were more comfortable with the way they looked with a mask on. That's mental illness. And so I, I have to wonder how much of what's going on with our trans conversations is a form of mental illness versus what is legitimate. You know, I, I'm going to ask you guys a question. So we have a base here. Do gay people exist? You know, that's, that's the first thing I think that, you know, for the conversation, let's just start there. Rob, would you say that homosexuality is a real thing and gay people exist out there? Or do you not believe, or is that just disordered? No, gay people do exist. I do think that there is a form of disorder that's taking place, especially those, as you said, just as of recently, you have kids in school that are identifying as being gay. And if you were to ask them what it is, they can't tell you. I live in liberal New York City, so I see this all the time. Kids running around saying, oh, I'm gay. I'm a homosexual. But, but what exactly is that? Well, Timmy is that, so I'm that. So that's my position on it. Okay, great. So now the, the side of the conversation that I feel that gets really into the gray and muddies the water because the Democrats and the left uses this really well against conservative values is the fact that we have to think a little bit about feelings. Because if you acknowledge that gay people are out there and as a result, maybe people that have this feeling that there's something else, whether that's a mental illness or whatever that is, then we can acknowledge that if there's feelings there. And then the conversation, especially at a, a high school level, has to be a conversation that's compassionate. It's it's one that requires almost the level of care of somebody who is a counselor at the same time as a teacher. And I think at some points, society is getting it mixed up in the classroom. You know, if I have a, a trans student and I have multiple trans students and they say to me, you know, could you please call me by this name? There are times where I look at it and I'm like, okay, sure. If that's the name you want to be called, that's perfectly fine. It's like a nickname to me. Like, okay, here's your nickname. That's your preferred name. I'm going for it. But at the same time, when someone tells me use different pronouns, um, I don't remember the pronouns. My mouth <laughs> moves faster than my brain at times in my classroom. And I can be a heartless person. I've been called in at times like, Mr. Bolden, could you please refer? And the principal actually said, just use the name, stop using pronouns. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but like, religiously, this is not where I'm at. Uh, conservative, like the way that I was raised, this is not where I'm at, but I'll do my best. And so I don't have any level of hatred in me. I don't do it on purpose to not use pronouns. It's just not part of my lifestyle. But society right now is saying, well, you're a transphobe. 
if you're not willing to conform to this. And I think where conservatives, we can learn a little bit is to bring the compassion, to bring the empathy to the conversation and bring us back to maybe where conservatives were in the 80s and 90s instead of where conservatives are now. Driving the work, uh, there's a flag with, you know, F Joe Biden, you know, or, you know, let's go, Brandon. We have those two. There was a day that I remember where conservatives used to be more concerned about having, uh, you know, language in music and used to go to Congress and say, let's get parental advisory uh, notices on these CDs. I remember those days. And now we're the the party that says, hey, it's okay to say F this guy. And I, I think that's wrong. And so uh, we have got to be a better example into these conversations or else the left is going to continue to completely pounce on top of us. And uh, I'm just concerned about how does that happen when people feel so polarized by this issue? Interesting point. We'll get to that when we come back from break. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew with special guest Greg Bolton. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. So when we went to break, Greg was spelling out or talking through what Republicans are failing at doing and how we are allowing the left to dominate, so it seems, our space with their ideas, their ideology, some of the things that they're doing. And we as Republicans have got to take a step back and realize this and come up with a game plan to counter their argument and to counter what they're doing. And the question that you had proposed to us is, 
the idea of there being gay and homosexuals. Do they exist? And I said, yes. But when you ask kids today as to what it means, they don't have an idea because it has become a fad. They were locked in for two years. And during that time that they were locked in, people with an agenda were able to manifest it. And this just didn't happen overnight. This has been growing for quite some time. They've been waiting for the moment to spring it upon us. You look at the schools, you have a lot of teachers or teachers who are gay or identify as being gay and lesbian, homosexuals are queer now. Queer was a bad word at one point. Now it's not. It's an okay word. But living here in New York City, unlike yourself, like you said, you're in Delaware and you don't see the pride flag. I see the pride flag more so than I see the American flag. That's not good. It's an identity. If you want to have that flag, that's fine. But our kids should know about the American flag. When school was shut down for two years, and I had to tutor my son and his cousin, who's the same age, we would get up and we'd say, okay, we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. They're like, what? What is that? I'm like, you don't know what the Pledge of Allegiance is? And I brought up the American flag. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, we want to draw the rainbow flag. I'm like, what? They knew nothing about the Pledge of Allegiance, just a little bit about the American flag. But drawing the pride flag and all the colors, they would get all the colors right, because this is what they were being taught in school, unbeknownst to me. So, Rob, you know, as somebody who does the Pledge of Allegiance every single day in my school, uh, I'm the person that's on the announcements that the students hear my voice. And I can tell you, I probably have less than 2% of students that participate in the classroom. I can't even get the kids to stand up. So you're, you're 100% correct and accurate. And when I ask kids, you know, why don't you stand? Why don't you say it? Uh, I'm not allowed to demand it because it's a First Amendment right. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the, the number one things that we need to honor in this country. But that stated, we've gotten so far away from understanding what this country has done for people's rights in order to have the freedom of expression, to live the life the way that you want to live, that my students are like, well, the pledge doesn't represent me. And that is the biggest travesty that I can find because I always say to the kids, well, do you think it's better elsewhere? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then you need to go visit the world because I visited the world and we have it very, very, very good here in America. And that's not American exceptionalism. That's simply knowing that I can report on something that I don't have 100% accuracy on and not be worried about going into prison because I reported against the state. I can go out and I can freely travel from point A to point B and not have to worry about, you know, oh, I crossed over a state line and the laws are drastically different all of a sudden here. I could wind up in prison if I bring something that's not acceptable over here. The United States is the greatest country in the world. But our children do not have that perspective whatsoever. As far as, you know, having a gay pride flag in the classroom, I, I, I don't see why that's necessary outside of they want inclusion. Inclusion seems to be something that everybody uh, wants to talk about uh, at this point in time and making sure everybody feels welcomed. I don't feel that you should need flags. You should need different identities in order to do so. You should have caring teachers that care about a child's well-being and not caring about agendas and what's going through. But you're absolutely correct with what you're saying about the country. And let me just say one thing you mentioned as far as going outside of the states and being appreciative of the country that you're in and kids don't understand it. It brings to mind Brittany Griner, the WNBA basketball player. We think back she was one of the supporters of 
don't play the uh, national anthem. I don't want to stand for it. And if you play it, I don't want to be out on the court. Okay, fast forward. She's going to Russia. She was caught with an illegal substance. She claimed that it wasn't hers, and she said that it was hers. But long story short is that they gave a trial, and she was in jail. And we had to bring her back home. Now, in my opinion, Joe bumbled and he mumbled. He did this and did that. He finally brought her back home. I think had Trump been in office, she would have been home a lot quicker. But that's a story for another, another day. But now that she's back on U.S. soil, and she just played a game, home game, she stood up when they played the national anthem. And she said, I am proud to stand for the national anthem. I enjoy hearing it. Because, see, she didn't have a place of context. She couldn't contextualize what she actually had here in America. She was listening to all the naysayers, in my opinion, say America is bad. America is not good, simply because people are saying, okay, you have your rights. You want to be gay, that's fine, but don't push on anyone else. Well, the black hasn't done anything for us. And look at what the black people have been oppressed. Never mind the fact that we've had the civil rights movement. There have been so many advantages given to blacks. But she was looking at one thing in a linear way and listened to all this noise. But then when she had to experience it herself, when she went to another country, and I say this to so many other people, oh, I don't like the country. This is a bad place. Okay, go somewhere else and see how you will fare because they haven't traveled. They're only listening and hearing what other people are telling them. They see she experienced it. And now that she's back, it's a completely different story, Andrew. Now she's like, oh, I want to stand up. Though she still says people can do what they want to do. If you don't want to stand for it, that's up to you. But as far as she's concerned, when she hears a national anthem, she's going to stand up and she's going to put her hand over her heart. And I think that's what has to happen with other individuals in society. But it's unfortunate. Yeah, I do like I do like to hear that that she's standing for the national anthem uh, again. My question would be, though, um, when it's not Joe Biden as president, say President Trump becomes president of the United States again, uh, is she going to fall for all this propaganda that the media uh, disseminates about President Trump being anti-LGBTQ or anti-trans and all this other stuff that we know is not true? And is she going to then um, kneel for the national anthem again? Is this only because Joe Biden's currently the president who did something for her? Um, I'm interested to see if she's sincerely changed or if she's just um, gloating and trying to um, appease Joe Biden and the leftist Democrats uh, who she looks at as helping her. But as you said, President Trump probably would have had her home uh, long before Joe Biden did. But I don't know, Andrew, uh, because if the, the, the left, Joe Biden, they could care less about the, in my opinion, from just looking at their actions about the flag or about the national anthem. And certainly a lot of Democrats, as far as they're concerned, oh, forget about it. I mean, just the other day, we had a man who came out and took a crap on the pride flag, and they're out looking for him to arrest him. If this same man had done the same thing on the American flag, they would have said, oh, free speech, he can do whatever he wants to do. So I don't know. Maybe I think she's been deprogrammed, if I could say that slightly. And if a Republican were to get into office, I would like to think that her deprogramming would remain intact. But clearly, this woman had been indoctrinated, as so many other people have and are being right now. What do you say, Greg? Well, you look at the Durham report, right? People have it right in front of them now. The Steele dossier. You have all the evidence that Loretta Lynch in this meeting on the tarmac with Clinton, that that conversation wasn't about grandchildren. That conversation was about 
how are we getting away with these emails? What do you want me to have Comey say the next day, which he issues his statement, you know, 18 hours later. And then we find out that the DNC was paying to have this uh, information written about Donald Trump when he was running for president. We now know that they were definitively spying because the attorney general, Loretta Lynch, was overseeing the FBI, which links back to Obama. We've weaponized the government against a candidate, which to me, I said on my show, that's treasonous, right? So you have this brainwashing almost of society where people don't want to see it on the left. They're going, oh no, he's definitely, it's Russia collusion. Despite the fact now we should definitively be able to jump off Russia collusion, no matter if you're on the left, the right, you're in the center, or you just have been falling asleep for the last six years. There is no basis for that argument that Donald Trump was targeted because they did not want him as president. It was Hillary Clinton's job. And somehow, you know, he was able to get the votes. And as a result, uh, they did everything they could in order to demonize him for the next four years. COVID was kind of the perfect weapon afterwards to make sure that he didn't get reelected. And then we have the election which to this day, Donald Trump is getting up there saying it wasn't a valid election. And I've been frustrated because I keep going, okay, let's get the evidence out there. But let's get to the, the crutch of how this all ties together from the start of the show to where we are with Brittany Griner right now. When you get people's emotions involved, when you get people's feelings involved, it's a powerful thing. We know that in news media, you know that in journalism, you're not supposed to sensationalize your titles because it colors people's opinions. So whether it's Adidas and their swimwear, Target, their live, laugh, lesbian line, or we're talking about Brittany Griner and her not wanting the stand, it's because of popular emotional messages from Colin Kaepernick straight on through that have touched the hearts of many that are easily influenced and are not critical thinkers. And as a result, that's why we're getting to where we are. What happened to decency? What happened to ethics? What happened to morals in this country? Why is it now that we are a godless society where if you talk about morals, people immediately go, well, morals are something of a personal perspective. No. What happened to there are certain things that we can agree upon that are right and wrong, like decency of how much should you be covered up at the beach, which goes into the Adidas swimwear, a decency of what should be allowed in books when you go into a classroom, which goes into what's going on in Florida with taking books that are taught about oral sex out of the curriculum because it does not belong there to minds that cannot even understand it. The human brain has not developed at that age group. So I'd say, Rob and Andrew, what say ye back to you guys? None of that stuff should be in the classroom. We're not trying to, as they say, ban the books but age appropriate at an elementary school. Why would you have a book about gay sex unless you're pushing an agenda? Andrew, what do you say? Right. I would say that's the biggest thing that's changed over the last 20, 30 years. Greg talked about how he went to high school in the 90s and things were a lot different. Um, I went to high school in the early 2000s and um, there certainly weren't that many gay kids um, that went to school with me at the same school now, I heard that it's just full of um, gay kids. There's lots of them, probably dozens. Uh, there, you know, there was a couple, two or three back then. You have to ask what's changed and the culture's what's changed. I don't think kids all of a sudden 
got gayer over the past 20 years. It's just that the culture is so much different than it was back when we were in school. And uh, this is what these people are gravitating to. And uh, Greg nailed it when he said it's a lack of critical thinking. We've got so many people who just go along with whatever the narrative is instead of being a free thinker and uh, coming up with opinions uh, on themselves. And I'm not so sure uh, if we can really change that. What do you think, Greg? So that's why at the uh, end of the first part of the show here today, I said Republicans and the conservatives have got to get better at tying emotions. If you can make a good emotional response for why you need morality, if you can make a good emotional response for why ethics are so important, I believe at that point in time, you can start to get some of the people on the left and the people that have just been out the lunch, allowing the media to kind of dictate what they think, how they feel. That's going to be the path forward. And I think that anybody running for president, whether it's Donald Trump, DeSantis, or whoever the Republicans find, their campaigns are going to have to embrace feelings, which means that the way that gay people, trans people, the way that we talk about different things Trump is going to have to be careful with his words in order to bring that in. If it continues to be the device of Trump that he is, which quite honestly, I don't mind that Donald Trump, but I know others do. I think that we're going to see kind of the same results of an election that we saw just a few years ago. However, if he can combine getting people emotionally involved in why it matters and say like, hey, bring me back as president your wallets are going to be a lot better. The economy is going to improve and your quality of life is going to improve. That's an emotional connection that people can make. Be like, hey, do you guys remember what life was like before the pandemic? This country was doing great. You could actually fill up your car cheaply. You could buy a car cheaply. Interest rates were low. I'm going to work to get back. That's an emotional tie. We've got to get away from the identity politics and back into how it matters to people's personal lives. Well, if I could just add to that when you said emotions and that is so true. And I think with Trump, since we're now pivoting in that direction, he has the ability to appeal to people's emotions. It might not be the right emotions that we want him to appeal to, but he does have that ability. But as you said, I think that he has to tone it down slightly. I'm okay with it. I'm a New Yorker. It doesn't bother me. And what I try to tell people outside of New York is that this man was beloved in New York before he decided to run. They knew the kind of person he was. He was up in your face. You look at some of the interviews that he gave. He's the same Trump. But the media was able to take it and package it and said, oh, no, he's actually this way. He's a bad man. So all those people are saying, oh, I don't like him because of this. The first thing they'll say is, well, because he's a race, he's a white supremacist. It's like, well, how is he a white supremacist? Well, because of what he said in South Carolina. Okay, so that one thing and that's it. Because if you look at Joe Biden's record, he said a whole lot of stuff and he continues to say things. But the media was successful in identifying Trump because they were appealing to people's emotions. One of the things that you can appeal to when you're talking about emotions is white supremacy supremacy and racism, because no one wants to be called a racist. No one wants to be labeled a white supremacist. And that's how they have been able to push through their agenda because everything is attached to it. And that just brings our conversation full circle because everything that we've talked about, the left has been successful to label it under or put it on the label of racism or white supremacist. If you don't like the gay agenda, oh, it's because you're a white supremacist, or it's because you're a racist. 
because these are tied to black people. They're tied to Chinese people. They're tied to these different sets of people. And if you don't like them, this is the reason. Very powerful things, very powerful feelings, emotions. And if you can label it, if you can attach it, people will acquiesce and they will go right along with it. What are you seeing in the schools? You mentioned that the number of genders have been, or people identifying as race, as gay has increased. So what are you seeing to parents or as to what's happening here, Greg? Well, one of the most awkward parts is when I'm sitting in a meeting with a parent and the kid has a preferred name and the parent says to me, use their birth name, use the name that I legally assigned to them. And I'm not allowed by school board policy. And now in many states, you're not allowed by state policy for fear of losing my job. I can be terminated for not using the preferred name. So what I'm seeing is parents are really disconnected from what the state policies are. Um, I've talked about how the hospital systems now are giving less and less information. Once a child reaches the age of 12, you just get the notes. You don't get the privilege of knowing what was talked about with your child. And the same thing's going on in the high schools. And so uh, it's difficult for me to, to have conversations with a family and honestly help them while also respecting the child because there's been policies put in place that will terminate my employment. How do, how do we get away from this? This makes absolutely no sense. The parent, the child belongs to the parent. Right. How do we how do we get to this point where children can make de adult decisions? I don't understand it. And then the other day you had Congress passing the parents' rights bill. Like, why do we need a parents' rights bill? It's because of what the Democrats have pushed upon us, and a lot of people were completely unaware of it. How do we get beyond that? This should not be happening, in my opinion. I could not be in your position because I'm very outspoken. And I would say, no, I, I don't agree. My eight-year-old, at the time he was seven, he came home and he said, Papa, can little boys be princesses? And I immediately responded, no, the hell they can't. So, of course, he goes to school when they're having the conversation. It's like, oh, little boy, he said, no, my Papa said they can't. Now, I don't know if he said hell or not, but I'm like, this is insane. This should not be happening. And then you will have an activist judge who will agree with this the same way we have a Supreme Court judge who says that she can't identify what a woman is because she's not a scientist or a biologist. How did we get to this point? This makes no sense. This yeah. should not be happening. And we can't kowtow to it and say, it's okay. I agree with it. There, I draw the line. I will never accept that. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, Greg hit the nail on the head, though. I've actually got a coworker who um, has a daughter who goes to school and wants to be called a name that's not her name. Uh, my friend that went into the school with her birth certificate said, this is her name. Why don't you call it to her and said, oh, we can't call her that because that's not what she wants to be called. I mean, this is getting completely out of hand. You guys are tuned into After Dark with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel. We're on Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. And we'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew with special guest Greg Bolden. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of Great Men All Remind Us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time.
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Folks, we're back with the last half of the show and our special guest, Greg Bolden. And we're just having a frank conversation about things that are taking place in society, what's happening in society. And if you've been living under a rock, and I'm sure our listeners have it, but perhaps some of your friends or loved ones have been, and you want to have the conversation with them about things that are transpiring that is pretty much impacting all of us, and you don't know how to have that conversation. Well, I would say to you, when this show comes up on the podcast, slide it in their DM and say, hey, listen to this. This is a conversation. It's not judgmental, but it's three gentlemen who are having a conversation about important issues. And at the top of that list, it's what's happening in our schools and this entire trans and gay agenda. As I said at the top of the show, someone said to me, what gay agenda? There is no gay agenda. To be clear, because Andrew and I, we've spoken about this often, and we've had individuals to come on our show. We've had Walt Heyer to come on. We've had Dr. Richard Amerley. We've had David Bacon to come on. We even had a, a person to come on who was a member of the LGBT community, and he was running for office as a Republican. We respect them all. We're not one to cast judgment. We respect all of you because we're all God's children, and we have to respect and to love. But we draw the line when an agenda is being pushed on children, the most innocent and the most vulnerable. We draw a line when we have members of this LGBTQ, ABC plus Q community that are trying to force us to accept something that goes beyond our belief. And as I said, we've had people to come on in that community and say, this is wrong. We didn't ask for this. We never wanted this. We're human beings just like you. Respect us. That's all we want. But when you start pushing all of this other stuff, no, I want my day. You have to accept me. And I'm going to put he, she, he, and all this other stuff in my subject line. And I want you to look at it. And I want you to say it back to me. That's wrong. It is completely wrong. I'm not telling you that I'm straight and you better identify me as being straight. And just imagine this. If we were to go to our schools, the people who want to push this in our schools, and don't tell your parents to just imagine if there were Christians who were in this, these schools and they were secretly baptizing the children, telling the children, don't tell your parents that we baptize you. It would be a complete uproar. People would be screaming, this is not fair. You can't do this. Separation of church and state. But you can push everything else and you want us to accept it. And you don't want our kids to tell us anything about it. But if we were to introduce, we're going to have Bible study and don't tell your parents. And we're going to secretly baptize you from one religion to the other religion. Do you think? 
they would accept that. These are the conversations and things that people don't think about. It's just, it's my way or the highway and it's a new day and we got to all come in and sing Kumbaya. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But at the same time, look at the agendas that are being pushed, the undercurrent that's being pushed with a design. There's always a design at what they're doing. Greg, what do you say? Well, there is definitely an agenda and I've seen uh, evidence of that in the classroom. I had a trans student who recently told me that they wanted to do a, a film and talk about trans genocide and how there are different states in the United States where you will be killed and put to death if you are trans. And I, <laughs> I didn't laugh, but I almost wanted to laugh at the time because I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard of. And so I asked the student, I said, can you give me some evidence before we do this journalism story? Because I've never heard of trans genocide used in this reference point. And they brought up a map of the United States. And if it was a deep red color, it was like the deadliest place you could be trans. And if it was a blue color, uh, it was one of the safest places to be trans. And the student said, well, what if I want to live in one of these states? I will be put to death. And I said, who's telling you this? Where is this message coming from? Because it's coming from somewhere. There's somebody that's organizing the talking points. We have the gender unicorn that comes out of California, which has been taught to all the schools throughout the country, the public schools. Uh, that's something you guys should look at sometime. I don't want to get too deep into the woods on that today. Uh, but where is this message of trans genocide coming from? Because that is fear. That's hate. And that's definitely an agenda. Unfortunately, the day after that student said that to me, was when the trans person went into the uh, Coventry and killed the four individuals, the young young children and the adults. Um, and in that manifesto, which apparently we're not allowed to see still, apparently it referenced trans genocide. That's an agenda, guys. There is something right now going on in the undercurrent, the underbelly of this country that's reaching even the youngest of young people that's really dark. And it's causing mental breaks. We have a mental health crisis. And I still think that being transgender is partly a mental health crisis that for whatever reason, our psychologists, our counselors, they're all in on it instead of going with some type of diagnosis. It goes back to the old topic of if I had body dysmorphia and I felt like my, my right hand wasn't my right hand and I wanted to cut it off, I couldn't find one doctor in this entire country that would cut off my hand. They'd say, Greg, that is your right hand, but I want to chop off my penis because it's not my penis. Oh yeah, sure. Let's make that happen. We'll, we'll start you on transitions at 12 years of age. Guys, that's crap. That's mental illness. And that is an agenda in this country. And I don't know how we get around that because <laughs> you have Dave Chappelle who brought it up and said, Hey, if the same people were talking for, uh, you know, having black rights, equal rights, Black Lives Matter would never have been a thing if it was the trans movement or the LGBTQ movement that was doing it. And what happened to Chappelle? They wanted him canceled after he said it. But he's true. Whoever the, the marketing team of the agenda is, is much more effective than whoever was working for BLM or anybody else working for some type of thing like this. And I think the thing is, is that, as Chappelle has shown us, is that you have to make a stand. You have to choose a side. People don't want to. But now, as I said, in my opinion... We've lost a culture war. We've lost a lot of ground by not taking a stand and saying, this is my position. You might not like it, 
I respect what you're saying, but this is my position. I'm not saying that I hate you. When you look at our schools now, and you look at the at least in New York City, this is one of the largest school districts, a majority of the teachers identify as being in the LGBT community. So of course, they're going to push an agenda on our kids. So they'll say, oh, well, we're not doing it. Yeah, but when I walk in your classroom and I see the pride flag and I only see a small American flag, what are you trying to say? That should not be in the schoolroom at all. It's identity politics. You are a human. You deserve respect. But as far as your identity that you want to push on our kids, that's wrong and it should not be there. But yet and still, it is there. And to me, we have to stand up and say, no, you can't do it. You look at our justice system, look at a lot of our judges, the same way judges who would have at any other time said, no, this is wrong, separation of church and state, you can't do this. Now they're allowing this. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's happening to our judges? I'll tell you what's happening. Because a decade ago or more, you had these same people looking at the lay of the land, and they made the decision, if we want to have an impact We've got to go into these fields, and we've got to study in these fields. When I was on a college campus, I didn't see people running around with the gay pride flag. They weren't into education. They were in arts. But see, that changed. They went into those fields. They went into the medical fields because they knew, hey, I can have an impact. And now, when you look out, they're in corporate America. They're in education. They're in our law system so they can push their agenda. It would be one thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, but to be there with the design to push an agenda, that's wrong. We're all human beings. It should be human rights, not identity rights. As a human being, you're entitled to this. As a human being, you're entitled to live peacefully, joyfully. But no, you got to give this to me because I'm gay. You got to give this to me because I'm this way. No, that's wrong. It's completely wrong. And we have to start standing up because that is what the Democrats have done so successfully. And now we're trying to play catch up. So it goes back to what you were saying, Greg, as far as emotions, appealing to people, picking a topic, picking an idea and saying, look at it this way. And this is our position on it, showing compassion so that they won't automatically assume, well, you're trying to destroy me, which is what a whole lot of people in the trans world think. Oh, they want to kill us. They don't want us to exist. No, we want you to exist, but we want you to get help. And if you're okay living the way you are, that's fine. But don't try to push that on our children. Our children don't need to have that fed down their throats and pushed down their throats so that they will say, oh, well, maybe I am that way. No, maybe you're just a tomboy. Maybe you're just a boy who likes pink. That's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And as Dr. Richard Hamerling said, that later on in life, these kids grow out of it. It is a phase. They grow out of it, but they need help. They need someone to talk them through it as opposed to someone saying, oh, let's go ahead and give you gender hormone therapy. Let's go ahead and push this your way. That's wrong. And when you have judges that are supporting schools by saying, oh, no, you don't have to tell the parent that, that's a kid. The kid is on my insurance. The kid sits at my table and eats my food. So you're telling me the kid has the right to make these decisions? The kid can't vote. The kid can't drink beer. But now they can make a life-changing decision? Are you serious? Yeah, Rob, I, I sorry to interrupt you, but I had a conversation with a family friend recently who has a daughter who 
was making comments about, you know, he said, okay, princess, you know, let's do that. And she goes, please don't call me that. And he was like, what do you mean? Don't call me that. She goes, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a prince. And my buddy is, he's pretty conservative leaning and he kind of freaked out. He was like, what the hell is going on? Um, and so he contacted uh, a family friend that was a psychologist and said, look, my daughter made this comment in the car. I'm like really concerned about what's going on. She's in fifth grade, you know, like what should I be doing? And the psychologist said, well, have you asked her questions about whether she likes boys, you know, girls, see where she's at and gave him a list of questions to ask. And so he went back and he's like, God, I hope I'm not doing like gender affirming care here in this, but he asked the question. He's like, Hey, you know, let me ask you, have you ever thought about kissing a girl? And her response was, Ew, dad, that's disgusting. No, I wouldn't do that. And he goes, well, how about a boy? Have you ever thought about kissing a boy? No, dad, I'm too young for that right now. I, I'm still growing up. I, I no, no, I don't have boys that I like. And what it came down to was his daughter liked doing boy things like playing sports, going fishing with her father and doing things that were typically as society would place male oriented activities, which Rob, you hit the nail on the head. That's called being a tomboy. However, when you get into people that don't have common sense, like my friend, you're going to find there are people going, Oh, okay. You want to be called Prince. Okay. You can be called Prince. Now uh, we can, we can begin that gender affirming care. And I, I guess the, the problem here is people don't have a psychological background in order to understand the development of the human brain. You know, for a male, the human brain isn't fully developed till about age 25. For a woman, it's about age 21. And so up until that time, there's lots of confusion. There's lots of things that are developing. But until a child is about the age of 12 to 15, they don't have any concept of their innate sexuality. But yet we have people in this country right now that want to try to make that the talking point immediately from the age of two or three years of age and go, okay, we're going to use gender neutral. It's a mental illness of people and it's winning the culture war. And it goes back to what I said. It's because we've allowed morality to be subjective instead of objective. We see it in our Supreme courts. We see it all throughout our politics. We see it with the loud mouths that we have in politics and it's ugliness. And our country is suffering as a result. But more importantly, our society is degrading, which means we're going to have less respect, a more violent society. This has nothing to do with guns. I know I'm jumping here a little bit on some things, but it's nothing to do with gun violence when we talk about the gun crisis. It goes all the way back to what we've been talking about the entire show, mental illness, mental health, and the way we find it age-appropriate or not age-appropriate to talk about different things and force things down people's throats. We are eroding the order of natural development of society, what it means to be a male, a female, and it's making everybody crazy, making everybody more violent. And I worry for our country. Well, like you said, when you were just giving that story, when the dad or the doctor gave your uh, friend questions to ask his daughter, and when he was asking them, one that stood out, have you ever thought about kissing a girl? She said, ew. So that goes back to what I was saying in the first block that a lot of these kids, they don't understand what they're saying, where they're saying, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian. They hear other kids are saying it, and they're like, well, they're getting attention because they're different. I'm going to say the same thing. But what happens is that while the kids don't understand what they're saying, is that these teachers, these corrupt teachers, know that the kids don't know it. 
So they step in to populate their mind with filth. Well, actually, this is what it means. And this is what you need to do. And here's a book to read about it. So they introduce this to these poor kids, these developing minds. The kid becomes confused, completely confused. And they're like, oh, man, maybe I am this way. I don't know. They're in a crisis. And it is a responsibility of adults, of the parents, to help them, to walk them through it. But as you said, Greg, our country is in a crisis because people are afraid to talk the way we're talking now. Now, just imagine if parents were able to have this conversation with their sons and daughters, if the school said, hey, your child told us this, and the parent went home and had a conversation and walked through it. Just imagine where we would be as opposed to close the doors, don't say anything, they identify, let's secretly start moving, let's secretly start transitioning. That's dangerous, Greg. Yeah, one one point that I really want to make that I think is important as we cover all this today on the show. So we've been given this great platform, America Out Loud, right? So we have After Dark or my show and people come, they listen to things. One thing I think to be mindful of and something that I try to practice on my show and maybe think about this as you continue to have these conversations. I try to think from the terms of if I'm talking about the topic, what if somebody who supports that topic that I'm against is listening to my show, would they feel welcomed in hearing what's going to be coming out of my mouth? Or would they feel that I was considerate of what was going to, to be discussed? And so when we talk about LGBTQ youth, the first thing is making sure that they understand that is actually a thing. They exist, right? And so having that conversation, I try to always go, all right, what if one of my students was listening to me right now? Would they feel, and that goes back to what I was saying at the top of, we've got to, whether it's, we're the new media, right? We're the new journalism. We just got to make sure that we're connecting the emotions, their feelings and everything else. So that way we cast the widest net because what we're talking about is common sense and people need to hear it. And so that, that's what I would offer kind of a, you know, final thought there on that. Yeah, well said. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on. If you want to check out any of Greg's work, go to AmericaOutloud.com. Click that drop-down menu, America Embolden with Greg Bolden is the name of the show. Tons of great content on there. guys want to be sure to check it out. Hopefully, Rob or I will be able to appear uh, relatively soon on his show as well. So thank you so much, Greg, for joining us. We really appreciate your time and you joining us tonight on After Dark with Robin Andrew. And thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, wherever you stream, please like, subscribe, leave us a two thumbs up or a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Or you can go to AmericaOutloud.com. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.